listening to your favorite cannabis podcast, Green and Gold, and I'm Haley Fox. As we head into the meat of the holiday season, we've been thinking a lot about how to broach the topic of cannabis use with family. For one, coming clean about your own use as a responsible adult, and maybe talking to parents, grandparents, siblings, other family members about how cannabis could be helpful to them. So in today's episode, we have two interviews to help us get to the bottom of all this. The first is with Candace Hawes, who runs a senior shuttle program in Orange County that basically loads up a bus with seniors once a month and takes them to the Bud and Bloom dispensary to learn about weed. Then we're talking to one such senior, Sherry Horn, about why she decided to hop aboard and give cannabis another shot. But first, let's talk a little bit more about why weed use among seniors seems to be increasing at such a rapid rate. So let's set the scene for this. There's been a few studies that have come out recently, but according to a widely cited body of research in 2016, people 55 years and older are the fastest growing demographic of cannabis consumers. There seems to be not only an increasing number of seniors using weed, but their frequency of use is on the rise as well. According to this study, between 2013 and 2014, the number of seniors using weed increased from 2.8 million to 4.3 million, and this is before California legalized the drug recreationally. So there's quite a few reasons that seniors and cannabis seem to be such a good match. For one, many of the ailments weed's been known to fix are the same that often plague this older set. Joint inflammation, insomnia, and an overall lack of appetite, for example. So there are tangible benefits to using the drug. Also, a lot of people 55 years or older are already on a slew of other prescription drugs, some including heavy-duty painkillers. So they have the added benefit of being able to possibly taper off use of these medicines, which sometimes can have serious or debilitating side effects, and instead replace these drugs with cannabis. Seniors can also benefit from the wide variety of forms of cannabis consumption. So they can avoid smoking cannabis, which can be hard on your lungs and some are still hesitant to do, and especially because it can be associated more with kind of the general stigma of weed. And instead, seniors now could simply eat an edible or drop a few splashes of a tincture under their tongue. These forms of consuming are a little more under the radar and can be more palatable to some people who are hesitant to flaunt their cannabis use. Also, with the explosion of CBD products, there are more options than ever when it comes to seeking physical relief with the help of cannabis without getting the actual high. But enough of the overview, let's kick this thing off with our interview with Candace Hawes. She's the one who orchestrates a free shuttle each month from the Laguna Woods retirement community to a dispensary so seniors can get educated on cannabis and shop for products with their friends. Here in Orange County, we actually have um, a very special city, Laguna Woods, 18,000 senior citizens that live about 12 miles from Bud and Bloom um, with a large group of seniors that are already using cannabis there with really no access to the plant, to legal dispensaries. And so when we 
opened the dispensary a couple of years ago, we started with some outreach to community, speaking engagements, and we really found that there was a need to get seniors from there to Bud and Bloom. So it's been about 15 months now that we've been doing this program. We rent a large shuttle bus, um, coach bus that fits about 50 seniors. And every month we, you know, give them a free ride from the community. We've even picked up at other retirement communities that are in Lake Forest or Laguna Hills. And we bring them on down to Bud and Bloom. We give them a lunch. Um, I also educate seniors that are brand new to cannabis because it can be kind of intimidating going inside a dispensary for the first time. And so I kind of give them an overview of what they're going to see and, you know, what might be best for them. Mm-hmm. Give them a chance to come inside the dispensary and either take a tour to get educated or else if they want, they can also make a purchase. So you said the shuttle bus holds up to 55 people. And is that is it normally full? Like, did you guys have to do a lot of outreach to drum up, you know, visitors or participants for this? Or was there already the clientele built in there? So, yes, the bus fits 55 seniors. And sometimes it's actually we have more than that. Sometimes I have to actually follow in my own car because no. um, there's not even room for me in the bus. Um, But I would say it ranges from like at least 30 seniors to like at most a little bit over 50 seniors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we really started the program by word of mouth. And then now we also run newspaper ads and their local paper to kind of get the word out there. So about half the riders are return riders that just need a ride to the dispensary because most of the seniors in Laguna Woods, they don't leave the community because everything's really there for them. Uh-huh. Um, and then have a half of them are brand new patients or brand new customers um, that have never been to a dispensary before and are really, you know, coming here for the first time or just to get educated. And you guys do this, is it once a month or how often do you guys run the shuttle? So we do it once a month, always on the third Tuesday of the month. We pick up at one of the local uh, clubhouses in Laguna Woods. So it's a pretty popular and well-known place. So it's easy for the seniors to find us. And yeah, it's a free service. We actually work with four different product companies every month, things that would be senior friendly to help pay for the shuttle. So they chip in. And then also, you know, when we're, you know, presenting this information, they put out product tables to kind of give the seniors a little bit more information about their product lines. For especially for the newbies, um, people who this their first time riders and coming out there, what's their reaction like when they first arrive um, at the dispensary? You know, are they overwhelmed a little bit or nervous and kind of how do you guys really you know make that first introduction to cannabis products yeah I mean so definitely there are some seniors that come in a little bit overwhelmed you know um, we spend a couple hours there so I've seen seniors go in kind of look around you know and then they'll go sit in the lobby and kind of hang out talk to people about what they use and stuff then they might actually go back inside the store and get like a second second glance, you know, and kind of come, usually though, people, even if they weren't planning on it, will go home with something. So it's kind of interesting, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's really what that educational presentation is purpose is to help kind of get them ready for going inside the dispensary. You know, we talk about um, dosages, how much is a safe dosage for a senior and what we suggest is between one and 2.5 milligrams for their first experience, um, up to probably five milligrams. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Are these mostly when you say seniors like 70s, 80s, 90s? I've known someone who was at Laguna Woods who was over 100. Um, I'm curious of what the range is that you guys get. I would say for the most part, it's probably that 55 to 70 year old crowd, kind of like mm-hmm. the baby boomers. 
Mm-hmm. But we have had some seniors like in their 90s come for their first time wanting to use cannabis, you know, to treat a condition they're dealing with. And of course, with people being so that, you know, aged, um, you know, we always have to be extra careful and give them kind of extra precautions, you know, and give them a little bit extra attention and stuff. I'm curious then, too, because obviously as you get older and a lot of people there are dealing with a variety of medical conditions, how do you guys uh, balance or what are your concerns are in terms of, you know, interactions with any other types of medicines a lot of these people might be taking? Yeah, and that's something that seniors definitely ask me about during the presentation. You know, I'm on this or that medicine. Generally, there's not many prescription interactions that people have to be worried about, although we do generalize and say anything that causes uh, you to be sedated, anything with an alcohol warning on the side usually would, you know, will work with the cannabis to make someone a little bit more tired or a little bit more sedate. But even though people can buy cannabis recreationally over 21, if people are taking prescription medicines, I always say, you know what, you're probably a candidate to go see a medical marijuana doctor you know, to talk to him about your prescriptions. And then, you know, he could give you a medical marijuana recommendation, then you'll get additional discount. Okay, great. That's, that's what I was wondering. And I I was in that same vein, you know, what are some of the other kind of most common questions you get from this group? Um, Like I said, you know, especially kind of new people coming in who are maybe just a little concerned or not sure where to start. Um, I would be, you know, what is CBD? They've heard about CBD, especially a lot of seniors. You know, Mm -hmm. so we explain to them that CBD is a non-psychoactive part of the cannabis plant. Another one is, you know, what is best for sleep? That's a big problem that seniors deal with is falling asleep and staying asleep. Mm -hmm. And so in that case, we would say that, you know, usually for sleep issue, you would probably want something with THC. Um, Edibles are really good for that because they're long lasting. You know, although with seniors using something for the first time, an edible is a little tricky because it can take an hour to take effect. So they just need to be a little bit more careful when using edibles for the first time. And then also a lot of questions actually about bringing it across state lines with seniors because they're doing a lot of traveling, going seeing family members, you know, to bring their medications across state lines. And so they say, you know, if I start using this cannabis, am I allowed to bring it across state lines? Also, a lot of questions about, you know, does my insurance cover this? Because a lot of seniors are on fixed incomes as well. So those are probably the four main questions we get. Okay, great. You know, we also, we have the holidays coming up and a lot of people go home to be with their families who may have um, varying degrees of uh, point of views on cannabis and cannabis use. What do you think is a good kind of starting point or entry point for someone who wants to talk to their parents or grandparents about, you know, how cannabis could be really medically helpful? Um, Well, I would definitely say, you know, start with sharing stories with them about, you know, maybe some of your friends, um, older relatives and how cannabis maybe really helped them with, you know, a chronic condition or with a sleep problem or any other disease, you know, so share a story that they can maybe relate to maybe with a person that's like in their similar age category or dealing with a similar problem um, that they're having. Um, another thing is maybe starting to talk to them first about CBD and how there's, you know, non-psychoactive ways to use cannabis and get the benefits of it without the high effect. Um, that's mm-hmm. a really kind of neutral way to, where areas start. And then also talking about how there's a lot of different delivery methods nowadays, you know, to use cannabis, you don't have to be the typical stoner, you know, smoking a joint, you know, um, listening to like music and stuff. A lot of people that are professional and 
you know, responsible and in their own age category, you know, older in life, um, are using cannabis other ways like sublinguals, like drops and, and topicals and uh, edibles. So I think those are really easy ways to kind of start the conversation. But I would also say that almost now, almost everybody knows somebody that's used cannabis successfully. So you'd be surprised, you know, some your grandparents might actually talk to you about cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know a lot of the seniors that come on our shuttle you know, can't wait to get home and call their, their, their grandchildren and be like, guess what I did today? You know, <laughs> I went to a cannabis dispensary. So it's kind of funny how it's almost bringing the generations together, you know? Yeah. Well, that was the other thing, you know, I, on the flip side, what do a lot of the baby boomers and elderly generation that you deal with, you know, say about talking about this with their own families, you know, or do they have any reservations about it? Or like you said, are they, are they mostly just excited to tell, um, you know, the younger members of their family what they're doing or how, how does that work? I would say it's about like 80%, you know, they're, they're excited to share this experience or you know, that they're more open to this now with their family members. But I do get here and there, some people saying, God, my daughter would kill me if she knew I was here, you know, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, but for the most part, I'm, I'm, I think that they're, they're excited to share the experience. You said since you guys have been doing this for 15 months now, have you seen um, either firsthand or heard from them about how cannabis has affected their day-to-day life? Um, you know, whether it's just fun for them or if it's actually improved, you know, certain chronic conditions or kind of what the what the ground floor testimony is from a lot of the people who participate? Yeah, no, I've had um, people come back and say, you know, this has really changed my life, you know. I was on all these prescription medicines and I've been able to, you know, lower this down or take them less often. So, you know, I've had even people come in with Parkinson's disease, you know, with really bad tremors and that this Mm -hmm. has, you know, changed their life and they're, they're able to do some of the things that they love to do before. Um, So I've heard a lot of success stories from people. Seniors, the most part really are quite satisfied with the results they get from cannabis. And, you know, a lot of them are really surprised because they never thought they'd be using this as a medicine, like even 20 years ago. That was Candace Hawes from Bud and Bloom. And next up, we talked to Sherry Horn. She's 66 years old and a resident in Laguna Woods, the city in Orange County that's mostly made up of senior citizens. Sherry first tried cannabis before her 16th birthday, and as an older adult, became a regular user and outspoken advocate for it. Let's talk to Sherry. When I moved in here, my mother was dying of lung cancer, and she was on opioids, and she decided to starve herself to death, and cannabis just wasn't available then. This was, you know, 15 years ago, and um, we tried to get City Hall to permit dispensaries way back then, and we finally were able to get them to permit it, but mother had died by then, so... I was sorry that it couldn't have uh, eased her passage any. I didn't use it all the way through my life. When I lived overseas, I didn't use it, and periodically I didn't. But when it was available and when I wanted it, I was able to get it. And I started really using it again here after she died. Oh, wow. And so you have... um obviously a very emotional and long attachment to it and kind of as an activist too. I didn't realize um, that you had served, you know, in such a kind of advocacy role for it in the area. Yeah. 
I I did become an advocate because I saw how much it helped some of the people here, the collective formed in our city, in fact, in the village. And uh, so that was providing cannabis to all of us here in the village. But it will sunset at the end of this year because of the Prop 64 law. How did you first um, get connected with Candace or get on involved in the shuttle trips to um, Bud and Bloom? Okay, well, there was a second collective here at the time, uh, a senior normal woman's alliance. And Candace, being president of Orange County Normal, was part of that collective. And so that's the one I used. That's the one I bought cannabis from. It was almost all women. Then when they started sending the bus, I started riding the bus along with all the residents because I wanted to hear what the residents were saying. I wanted to hear what their thoughts were on a dispensary. You know, I I just wanted to see what it was like because I knew that collectives were sunsetting too. And Mm -hmm. I was looking for an alternative for all the residents in my city. And what what was that first shuttle ride like? Or what have you heard um, for especially maybe some new users? What did you hear from a lot of other people who were living there? That it was a miracle for them. The topicals and tinctures more so than the smoking because seniors have a problem with falling. And sometimes if you smoke it, the THC can make people dizzy. It can lower your blood pressure. There are some side effects, especially to the smoking of it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them were using the tinctures and the topicals. And I'm telling you, I never heard so many miracles. People that had had sciatica or neuropathy pain for years, especially nerve pain, got instant relief. I mean, I could just cry. It was just so amazing to see 80 and 90-year-olds be able to put on a little bit of this salve and increase their quality of life. Without that pain, they could eat, they could socialize, they felt more like going out and being with people, and there was something to take away the pain. And they were able to not feel some opioid prescriptions or to reduce the number of opioids that we're taking. And that was huge Mm -hmm. because I was mayor that year. And so I was seeing these reports that the county provides on morbidity and mortality. And um, I saw that there were a lot of deaths in my city from overdoses, whether they be opioid alone or mixed with alcohol, but there were too many people dying. And so you know, um, in addition to the advocacy work and, you know, working with everyone else in your community, what is your uh, cannabis regimen like these days? Um, how do you use it? What do you use it for? Kind of what do you find it helpful for? I find it helpful for everything. Number one, to relax. And I feel that, you know, removing stress and anxiety is a helpful thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the evenings, I still smoke a little bit. Um, I have the topicals and the tinctures. The tincture, which is sublingual drops under my tongue, I use that. I have a little bit of bursitis in my shoulder, and that helps. And um, so I take a few drops now and then, and I have the topical for when my toes hurt. I have a lot of pins and screws and plates in my feet from doing a handstand when I was younger and the chair fell over and I broke both my big toes. And Oh, wow. 
<laughs> and I'm paying for it now. Seriously, years later, that's crazy. And so you use the um, topicals for like specific points of pain. Right. You put on this green goo and it takes away the pain right away. It was yeah, amazing. It's amazing. It's just amazing. <laughs> and did you, um, as you were kind of getting back into it um, and trying some of these um, slightly newer products, you know, like you mentioned, um, some of the sublingual tinctures and salves. Did you have any missteps or bad experiences? Like, how did you kind of figure out what the what the right regimen for you was? Well, that was a little bit frustrating with the tinctures because they tell you to start low and slow. So I started with one drop for a few days and made it two drops and so it took a while to build up to where where it was helping. It, I had to take eight drops. And then I stopped because the eight drops was enough. So I just continued on the eight drops. But it's fr- it, it is frustrating that you have to try to find things that work right for you. Like I, I started trying to put the topical on my shoulder, but it wasn't helping. Mm-hmm. I guess it wasn't the right kind of pain. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big part of it is for everybody is the kind of trial and error of, you know, figuring out what combination of things work for you and what doesn't. And, um, you know, I'm curious if on those shuttle rides you went on or those visits to the dispensary um, with other Laguna Woods residents, what were their, I guess, biggest concerns or or hurdles? You know, for someone new, especially um, a senior kind of deciding to give cannabis a shot, what are, you know, what are kind of some of the biggest common hurdles you see them coming up against? The biggest hurdles I see is besides the fear of trying something that the federal government is saying is illegal, is their fear of THC. They seem to think if they have the if they have anything without the THC, that's okay. But the THC will be bad for them. And I believe in uh, a whole plant approach. I there's so many, there's like 400 different things in cannabis that I believe there's a synergistic effect. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the thing they're afraid of the most is that they'll turn into a reefer madness crazed person (laughs) and, uh, you know, or they'll get addicted to something. And and it's just education. The more they do, the more they use, the more they talk to each other, which is great on the bus because they can share and talk and do and at clubs and now they're talking about it around swimming pools and everything else. You can hardly find anyone here that hasn't tried it yet. So That is so awesome. It took a long time to spread the word, but uh, both collectives did a good job, and so people are getting benefit now. And I, I will fight for their right to, to use it because it's, every tool in the toolbox is important for seniors. And do you think then, because you mentioned, you know, a good point about kind of finding products without THC and obviously CBD products are a huge thing now. Do you think as the CBD products become more uh, available and accessible, does that kind of help ease some people into giving cannabis a shot? I think so, yeah, because it comes in gummy bear form and it comes in pill form and it so people can select their own way method of ingestion. If they like to eat mm-hmm. it, that's a really good way too to eat it. 
especially if you want it for sleep, but it takes so long. You know, it can take up to two hours to take effect. But people that need it for sleep like to use it, the edibles that way. And, you know, people don't have any hesitation about having a glass of wine to relax. Mm -hmm. They don't even worry about the medical benefits. But I know it's healthy. When my father was 92, his doctor said that he should have a drink at night just to relax. Mm -hmm. It's healthy (laughs) for you. Yeah, I mean, and I'm curious, you know, you... um you brought up multiple generations connection to this because you're talking about your mom um, earlier and um, how your dad used to have a drink. And this um, this episode, we're kind of trying to get at some issues of how to talk to family members about cannabis. So about either your own personal use or trying to convince them to try it if it could be a good, like you said, you know, alternative for a lot of pain medications or a much needed way to relax. Um, I'm curious how you have broached the subject now um, with your family or close friends, if it's something you talk openly about, um, and kind of what you would recommend for people looking to have the similar kind of open dialogue um, with their families. I definitely talk about it all the time now, which is such a strange thing. But because of all the different methods of ingestion, and especially the topicals and tinctures where people are not just smoking it, I talk about it very openly because I feel it will help people. You know, why, why, should, they, why should they suffer with a consistent pain when they don't need to? It used to be the biggest secret I had was, you know, that I would smoke cannabis. But now I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is when it started. There was a board meeting in uh, the village, an HOA board meeting, and I had just had my feet operated on, so I was in a wheelchair with one of those big boots on. And they were upset because we were, somebody was, the collective was growing cannabis in the garden center. And and everyone's permitted in their own home, but we had a garden center, and they were afraid it would bring people to rob the community, you know, come into the garden center and steal it. And so one of the directors was going on and on about how only unsavory people use cannabis. Well, I had a good reputation in the community and I'm at this board meeting and I just couldn't stand it anymore. So I jumped up to the podium in my boot and wheelchair and I, I told them that I used it. Well, that caused quite a stir because that <laughs> someone from their own midst, the, you know, not a long-haired hippie freak, you know, would stand <laughs> up and say that. But when you believe something deeply that it helps and can help other people, you, you have to do it by example. That was the only way I could think of to say it is we're not all unsavory people and you're, this is something, that, and that was before Prop 64 passed. So, but that was when I came out openly in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, it must have been very liberating. It was. It was. And I got a lot of good feedback. Um, there were a couple people that questioned it, you know, like, well, because they couldn't understand how they could think of somebody as a normal person. And then this is the person that smokes cannabis. Mm -hmm. You know, they had a hard time putting that together. But now most of those people are using it also. 
I mean, and that's that gets to, um, you know, kind of the bigger picture of all of this. I'm curious at this point, you know, there's been an increasing amount of kind of coverage and discussion around cannabis use in general and especially um, among seniors. What do you think remains as one of the biggest misconceptions around this about, you know, seniors and cannabis use? I think people are severely underestimating the size of the market for seniors using cannabis. I think there's huge numbers of seniors that we haven't reached yet that have no idea that are still thinking of the fear and that it's illegal at the federal government level and that they they don't know how to start. They don't know how to try. I think that's I think we're just on the edge of this because I'm seeing how much difference it's made in my community. I don't think enough publicity has been done, enough positive publicity about the impact on people's lives. I I think we're just barely on the edge of some really, really exciting times. It's amazing what a little bit of green salve can do. All right, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. I certainly enjoyed talking to Candace and Sherry, and we hope everyone has an amazing holiday. Because we're workhorses over here, we're not taking any weeks off, so be sure to tune in next week for more Cannabis Insight to carry you straight into the new year. As always, you can find me on Twitter at EPFox and Instagram at Penny Gadget. Don't forget, this is a Table Cakes podcast. Table Cakes Productions is an LA-based women-owned podcast network. And you can check out all of our other amazing shows at tablecakes.com. You can also support Green and Gold by visiting patreon.com backslash tablecakes. All right, until next week, buds. 